It's October 3rd, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Prime Early Access event helps Amazon kick off the holiday season. Gucci and Burberry join secondhand luxury trend. Amazon Air continues to grow according to new study. Macy's new marketplace aims at selection and profitability. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Prime Early Access event helps Amazon kick off the holiday season. Last week, Amazon confirmed rumors that have swirled for several weeks by unveiling its mid-October Prime Early Access sale on October 11th and 12th. This shows you that even Amazon isn't immune to what's happening in the broad consumer market and gives us something to learn from. Here's the situation we seem to be in at the moment. First, it seems unlikely that inflation in grocery and real estate will subside before the holiday season, and the price of debt is going up such that consumers with loans may still be penalized even if inflation goes down. Second, traffic is off for many websites out there because consumers are reprioritizing their spending habits. Third, the spending that is happening is extremely price sensitive. This means the closer we get to the holidays, the more promotional shopping behavior becomes. Based on the experts I read every day and analysis I follow, it seems to me the best case scenario for the broader market this holiday season is something like flat year over year and that it's with increased promotional activity. This means that margins will be reduced and many retailers may not be profitable this year at all, even if they manage to have similar unit volumes. After all, it's called Black Friday because it was traditionally the date that as a retailer, your P&L would move into the black. If you're making less per unit due to promotional activity, do you even hit that this year if you have too much inventory left on your books? There aren't great solutions to excess inventory problems if you're a retailer brand in a general merchandise category. The big exception seems to be retailers that have prioritized having incredibly unique selection. It's one reason that marketplaces like eBay have always been a relatively recession-proof business. Amazon is not immune to consumers reprioritizing their spending. For Amazon, Prime Day 2 will essentially serve as a kickoff to their holiday season, a way to jumpstart sales ahead of other retailers. Another important point is that these sales will help clear out warehouse space and allow Amazon to continue to receive new merchandise throughout the holiday period. Amazon has a lot of advantages in the market, but at their scale, they need to be sure they're holding the right inventory to maximize their sales potential. Our second story. Gucci and Burberry joined secondhand luxury trend. A recent WSJ article discussed the different approaches between brands and retail sites. In particular, Gucci and Burberry have started reselling secondhand items through resale marketplaces that buy through their own channels. This contrasts sharply with how some higher end brands like Hermes and Chanel feel toward these resale outlets. The reality is, once your brand becomes attractive and coveted enough, your price premiums start to work against you and your outlets start feeding the resale market. Even members of my own family have found a line of people out the door at Gucci outlets in the major suburbs buying products for resale. If the limit is 8 to 10 bags per person, then this line of people buys 8 to 10 bags each consistently. Ultimately, as a brand, you want some control of your channel. But your supply chain can be the enemy of these marketplaces. Your product will often find its way to buyers somehow, some way. 
The Caring Group, Gucci's owner, has partnered with Vestiaire Collective and The Real Real in exchange for investment or in a cut of sales. If I were to explore a second what these sites could do further, it would be this. Help brands advertise in these channels and even have access to customer data to sell them new merchandise in the future. One marketplace shop premium outlets does exactly this by sharing customer data directly with a brand owner on its own online marketplace. But because Simon Properties owns the real estate that these outlets rent from, it has a stake in the future of these brands' outlet real estate as well. In other words, it's trying to be accretive and not a parasite. I've seen brands even in the second and third tier taking control with solutions like Trove, Rent the Runway, and Castle. While this gives brands more control, it doesn't necessarily take items off these resale marketplaces altogether. If I were a luxury brand, I think there's still a win-win resale marketplace solution if they're willing to engage and think creatively about their long-term customer relationships. Our third story. Amazon Air continues to grow according to new study. Last year, I came across a group of researchers at DePaul University that have been tracking Amazon's progress becoming its own airline. It appears they released another data update last week and thought it provided a good snapshot on the state of Amazon's progress. Keep in mind, these are not insiders, so their research is often somewhere in between estimates and speculation. Here are the important points. The strategy seems to be coalescing around a similar situation to what FedEx has in Memphis or UPS in Louisville. The group mentions the needs of buy with Prime are also factored into the network's continued growth. Here are the important points. The primary Amazon airport in North America, Cincinnati or CVG, has expanded 71% this year. All indications are that this airport is the nerve center of Amazon's air network. Expansion beyond CVG, however, has slowed to only about 4% year-over-year growth. Amazon is up to about 88 planes overall, but doesn't own those planes. They're leased. And Amazon does not employ its own pilots. Those pilots are contractors. There's now about 73% of the U.S. population within 100 miles of an airport served by Amazon Air. A few notes about this. Amazon's new Buy With Prime service is trying to get long-tail items from sellers, not just faster Prime items that have traditionally been in Amazon's fulfillment warehouses. As Buy With Prime expands, Amazon will be left with more inventory farther away from consumers than they need to have a low, date-definite promise date. The reason is that these items are not moving as quickly, so Amazon will not be able to afford to position these items close to customers. One important thing to note about Amazon's logistics network is that it's primarily designed for businesses sending things to customers, unlike FedEx or UPS's networks, which is designed to send items from anyone to anyone. That potentially gives Amazon the advantage of focus in this segment. And our last story, Macy's new marketplace aims at selection and profitability. Following a few months of speculation and buildup, Macy's has now formally announced its online marketplace, developed in partnership with leading service provider Miracle. In terms of categories, the focus is on baby, beauty, electronics, gifts, home, pets, and toys. Some of these categories in particular, beauty, baby, home, and toys, are great candidates for a marketplace because there's a lot of innovation in these categories and a large vendor community which can supply a lot of inventory. Josh Janos, the VP of Marketplace at Macy's, led the launch of Target's Plus Marketplace, so he's no stranger to curated marketplaces. Likely, he saw the challenges that Target had developing its own solution rather than partnering with a third-party provider. 
What does Marketplace mean for Macy's, which already has a robust dropship business with Commerce Hub? In particular, Macy's used what I think is a code word called a curated marketplace. From my own work with retailers advising them on marketplace planning and strategy, this means a few things. One, most categories will be gated and subject to merchandising approval. It's not like Amazon where anyone can sign up. Two, EDI is pretty much not an option here. I don't care what kind of tool set you have. EDI usually means at least a month of integration time, sometimes more, just from a human factors point of view. Marketplace can cut that time more than in half. Three, as a retailer, you prioritize freshness and launching new brands. New brands keep shoppers coming back. I performed a market research study on this exact topic with supplier enablement platform Convictional earlier this year. If a brand has a cloud-based storefront, the reality is it's much easier to onboard them to a marketplace storefront than it is a traditional dropship program. As part of this launch, Macy's has a few opportunities ahead of it. One, Macy's has a lot of traffic and more than enough visitors to support a robust marketplace. Two, a marketplace can be an enabler for even a more lucrative retail media business, which brands can use to drive traffic to marketplace listings. In Macy's case, their retail media partners is Critio. A marketplace paired with a retail media solution can make your online presence more profitable over time compared with only selling items you buy at wholesale or dropship. Look, it's easy to be cynical about Macy's, but I don't care who you are. Standing up a marketplace platform is a many months long project to plan, implement, test, and launch. IT projects fail more often than they succeed, so something is going right here. Congrats to that team for execution. Now the real work begins. Success will depend on having stock for the right assortment that shoppers are looking for, continuing to keep onboarding times low, and shipping excellence on behalf of these sellers. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Fashion Complete the Look Bender Find Mine raises $8.2 million to grow its market share. The company is solving a tough problem for consumers. Most retailers show all their products separately and don't show entire outfit suggestions for inspiration. That means putting a complete outfit together for the shopper. Second, Cashback App Fondue raises $10 million to fund new product offerings. Fondue has an interesting solution for brands who have traditionally used email and SMS signup to give 15 to 25% off. Fondue takes a different approach and uses purchase cash back instead that can be redeemed in a number of ways. This is an interesting idea precisely because coupon codes can make their way all over the internet and significantly lower your margins. Third, Vancouver-based luggage manufacturer Manos raises $30 million to open new stores and expand its product line. Wow! This is a glutted category. I'll be honest, Watsonians, I really have no idea why the world needs another luggage company. With my apologies to what I'm sure are fine people at Manos. Fourth, Shopify aggregator OpenStore raises $32 million, which raises its valuation to almost $1 billion. Unlike many aggregators on the market, being Keith Rabois is likely a very good thing as the traditional valuation rules don't necessarily apply to you given your track record. The big question I have is your valuation is this high, why do you need to raise only $32 million? In this case, it seems the CEO wanted to work with a particular investor. Unlike other aggregators, OpenStore has always put a big emphasis on its automated diligence process. And finally, Brightflow AI raises $15 million to lend money to small e-commerce businesses. Speaking of glutted categories, lending money is an extremely glutted category in e-commerce right now. 
Unlike other lending solutions, Brightflow also has a little bit different approach. Instead of just providing cash, they also provide intelligence tools that allow cash forecasting and profitability visibility in addition to the financing. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager, Gabriella Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.